Hello, Podcast Nation, and welcome to The Real Deal on Mortgages with Josh. Welcome back to The Real Deal on Mortgages. I am recording this on Halloween of 2018. Hopefully you guys had a good Halloween, but you are probably here to learn a little bit more about mortgages. So I'm going to be talking with Carrie Gersh today, branch manager at New American Funding in downtown Bettendorf, Iowa. We're going to be talking about FHA versus conventional financing. Hopefully that's something you're interested in. We're going to be answering as many questions as we can, but if we miss something, please reach out to me uh, through email or Facebook, uh, and I'd be happy to answer those questions for you between these episodes. But without further ado, sit back, relax, and get ready for The Real Deal. everyone. Let's welcome Carrie Gersh to The Real Deal on Mortgages. Welcome, Carrie. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah. Uh, so tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got to being a branch manager at New American Funding. I'm going to take it way back okay. and tell you how I got into the mortgage business. Uh, my degree is psychology, and I used to work with kids that had some behavioral disorders, and it was a little bit um, stressful and I had recently got engaged and was going to get um, moved back here with my husband and kind of wanted to get out of that business because we were going to start a family and so I had a friend that told me about a mortgage receptionist position that was open so I went to the interview and my interview question was what's the first thing you do when you answer the phone and I said smile and that's how I got hired. That's how I got into the mortgage business. I started as the receptionist, had no idea anything about mortgage, didn't know PITI, LTV, DTI. I would yeah, go home in my, what, I mean, stuff. seriously, it's yeah. like a foreign language, right? <laughs> right. Um, so I basically just kind of learned the business. I went from a receptionist to a file opener, to a processor, head of ops, and then when the bank we were at was taken over by someone else, a group of us decided to make a move and I was offered the branch manager position with New American Funding and that's kind of how I got here. Well, thanks for sharing that all with us today, Carrie. Uh, we greatly appreciate you being here and let's just get right into the content. Uh, today we're going to talk about conventional versus FHA financing. I came to you with a list of you know topics that we were yes. going to talk about today, and this is the one that you chose out of our list. What kind of made you want to talk about this topic? Well, I think that a lot of borrowers um, aren't educated on all of the different programs that are out there. Um, oftentimes, I think they are under the impression that they have to do a conventional loan, put 20% down, and they get discouraged and don't necessarily research and look out there when in fact there are several different programs. And so today I wanted to kind of talk about FHA financing, which I think is a great option for buyers. 
Perfect. No, I think that's really good. I actually just had a conversation with the realtor today, and we have a unique fit here at New American Funding where we have a lot of loan programs that we can use. So I think having those flexible options is definitely a good thing and definitely good for the borrower to be able to have something. So I agree. Let's just get right into it. Uh, could you briefly explain to us what conventional and FHA financing are? Sure. Uh, a conventional loan simply refers to any mortgage that is not guaranteed or insured by our federal government, um, sometimes called conforming loans, since they're required to conform to the um, government-sponsored enterprises like Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac. An FHA loan is a government-insured mortgage program that is overseen and administered by HUD or the Department of Housing and Urban Development. Perfect. And what are some of the major differences between these two programs? There are a lot of differences. So I kind of wanted to just break out the different areas and and kind of compare the differences. Um, One is down payment. FHA requires a minimum down payment of 3.5% of the purchase price. So what that means is if someone's buying a house for $100,000, your down payment requirement would be $3,500. So that's three and a half percent of the hundred thousand. On a conventional loan, you can expect to put down at least five percent. However, there are some conventional guides that will allow as little down as three percent. Credit score is a big one. Mm-hmm. Conventional minimum credit score is a six twenty. Um, FHA will allow for lower credit score. The minimum credit score for maximum financing is five eighty. I will put in the little disclaimer or verbiage that even though these are the minimum requirements, some lenders have larger credit score requirements. So you'll want to check. We go down to a 580 (laughs) at New American Funding. Another thing with credit, FHA will allow a borrower that has no credit. Some people think if they don't have a credit score that there is no option for them. There is the alternative credit option where they can look at a borrower's history on their rent payment, um, insurance, utility bills. Um, So that is an option that conventional does not have. Another difference, derogatory credit in terms of waiting periods after a major credit problem such as bankruptcy, foreclosure, short sales. Um, Conventional guidelines on a bankruptcy, you may apply for a conventional Fannie Mae loan after your Chapter 7 bankruptcy has been discharged for four years, um, two years from a discharge of a Chapter 13, whereas FHA, you may apply for an FHA-insured loan after bankruptcy has been discharged for two years with a Chapter 7, and you may apply for an FHA-insured loan after bankruptcy has been discharged for one year with a Chapter 13. Uh, Foreclosure, conventional, you may apply after seven years after the sale date of your foreclosure, where FHA allows three years after the sale date. Short sales are are similar to the foreclosure, so seven years for conventional and three for FHA. In those instances, the credit must be reestablished and no late payments. Just want to put that yeah. <laughs> disclaimer <laughs> in there. We want to be accurate yes. here for sure. I totally um, uh, and get that. Another difference, mm-hmm. uh, the appraisal requirements. 
So in a typical real estate transaction, a conventional loan, the appraiser is mostly concerned with the current market value of the property in question. So when they're visiting the house, they're looking at the value in comparison with comparables in the area. FHA loans, they do that as well, but require a property inspection to make sure the home meets HUD's minimum standards for health and safety. Some of the red flags on a HUD appraisal, if there's peeling paint, loose handrails or other safety issues, those have to be corrected before you close the loan and that's not necessarily the case if you do a conventional loan. Debt to income ratio is another one. A conventional loan, the max, what they say debt to income ratio is 43%. However, exceptions can be made for the DTIs up to as high as 50%. FHA will allow for even higher with compensating factors. I've seen an FHA loan go as high as 57%, but that particular person had high credit scores, high reserves, um, so compensating factors come into play there. Cool. Well, those are uh, a lot of differences, and I think kind of gives everyone an idea of that uh, flexibility and maybe some of the reasons why somebody would need to go FHA over conventional. Cool. Well, uh, one thing I kind of want to get into is, and it's something you already talked about a little bit or alluded to, is uh, we do have these common misconceptions about getting a loan where you need to have either 20% down or if you know I have too low of a credit score um, I can't be pre-approved you know if my credit score isn't above a 640 like some people say like a lot of banks that's kind of their magic number Uh, what would you say kind of in response to that I would say those are mortgage myths. (laughs) It's a myth that you have to put 20% down in order to buy a home. Um, The truth is you can pay far less. As we've said, conventional on some programs can go as low as 3%. FHA is 3.5%. And in VA and USDA, which we aren't even going to get into today, (laughs) is 0%. So that's a myth. You don't need 20% down. Um, The other big myth is if I have a lower credit score, there's no way I'm going to be able to purchase a home, and that's not true. Um, FHA, like we said, will allow you to go down to as low as a 580. I will say that a lower credit score will affect your mortgage interest rate. You know, you're not going to get the best rate out there, um, and there will have to be some compensating factors, but it can be done. Yeah, that's great, Carrie. Uh, why do you think that somebody would choose FHA over conventional? Or I guess uh, not even why would somebody choose, but also, you know, we have the responsibility as lenders to kind of give them options. You know, what would motivate us to kind of present that option to somebody else? What we want to do is take a look at the entire picture for a borrower. Why someone may be put into an FHA loan over conventional loan could be um, a low down payment option. They may have the lower credit score going along with it. Um, FHA allows, as we said previously, for greater debt to income ratios, shorter time frame following a major credit problem. Another big thing is if a borrower comes in and doesn't make a lot of income and their debt to income ratio is too high, but they have a family member that can go on as a non-occupying co-borrower, that's allowed FHA. And so we use that all the time for people that couldn't 
by themselves on paper meet the requirements, but they have a relative that could go on as a non-occupying co-borrower. And also FHA loans, typically they have lower interest rates sometimes. So sure. that's another great reason. Yeah, awesome. And since I asked one way, I have to ask the other. Why would someone choose conventional over FHA financing? Well, the big one is if you are putting 20% down, there's no mortgage insurance requirement. Um, if you, even in conventional, if you have mortgage insurance, it will automatically cancel once you reach 78% loan to value. Uh, a conventional loan can be used on all property and occupancy types, investment properties, second homes. Uh, there are a lot of conventional programs. It's not just, you know, 30 year, 15 years. There's a whole, whole range of programs under conventional. Um, and the conventional conforming loan limit is is higher than the FHA max loan amount. So the conforming max loan limit is $453,100 for our area, and the FHA max in our area is $294,515. So if someone's buying in that higher price range, FHA may not be an option for them. So a lot of times when people come in, we hear them asking for like they want a conventional loan, you know, that's just kind of what they've heard. Um, and that that's just, you know, they think they need 20% down. I want a conventional loan. I'm going to do it this way. And they kind of have this like preconceived notion of how the whole process is going to go. Where do you think that came from? Or, you know, why do you think that information is, you know, presented to people that way? Why, why is that out there? A, a couple of reasons. Um, I think one, borrowers often reach out to their current bank or credit union about obtaining a mortgage because that's where they do their banking business and it's just easy to call and ask what they have. And sometimes um, certain banks and credit unions don't offer this program, offer FHA, so they will be told conventional. And because the borrower does not have the knowledge about all the programs out there, they just take that at face value. And so it's really not knowing and having that education and fully understanding all the programs available. So what I would say is call around, reach out, ask for different programs. There's a lot more available out there than just a conventional loan. So can we go a little more in depth with PMI? I think we, we brought that up and I'm sure there's some people out there that don't know exactly what uh, PMI is. Uh, how does PMI work with both of these programs? Uh, and can you just kind of explain a little bit about that to us? Yes, I will. I'm gonna try to do it so you can easily understand it. As I said before, some of these acronyms and it can sound like a foreign language, but <laughs> Typically on a conventional loan, if you do not put 20% down, you're required to have PMI, which is private mortgage insurance. And what that does, it protects the lender if the borrower were to stop making a payment on their loan. So it's in essence an insurance policy. On a conventional loan, the PMI rates vary. The rate you receive depends on your credit score, your loan to value, so the amount of money you're putting down and the insurer or the MI company, they all have their own rates. There are two different types of PMI on a conventional loan that a borrower may consider. 
Um, the two most common is what's called borrower paid MI, which is a monthly figure that's included in your mortgage payment. There's also what's called lender paid MI or LPMI. And with that, the lender pays your mortgage insurance for you. It's not free. Uh, instead, the lender increases the mortgage rate uh, to cover that lump sum buyout of the mortgage insurance. Uh, hearing that the rate is higher may be a concern for some borrowers, but oftentimes the payment can be lower. Even with the higher interest rate, um, the payment can be lower. LPMI isn't for everyone, and if a borrower is putting 5% down or less and plans to be in the home for less than 10 years, then there's solid points to maybe look at LPMI. Um, but the most common is the borrower pay. To remove PMI on a conventional loan, you have to have at least 20% equity in your home. So you may ask the lender to cancel the PMI when you get to 80% of the balance. Otherwise, it will automatically cancel when you get to 78% of your LTV. The lender is required to eliminate it. On an FHA loan, there are two different types of premiums that are assessed to the borrower. The first is called upfront mortgage insurance, and it's a percentage of the total loan amount you're borrowing. So if a borrower is doing a 100% loan, it's a 1.75% uh, premium. So 100,000 times 1.75 is 1,750. So your loan amount, total loan amount, would be 101750 and so that would be what your payments figured off of. If your LTV is 95% or greater, there's a monthly MI factor that's 0.85 BIPs. That's across the board. It doesn't matter what your credit is, your LTV with FHA, that is what the factor is. Um, if you are at a 95% LTV or less, that factor will reduce to 80. A big difference between FHA and conventional is the mortgage insurance on the FHA is for the life of the loan if greater than 90% LTV. So it will be on the life of the loan. You cannot cancel FHA insurance. However, many people tend to start with an FHA loan, build up some equity, work on their credit, and then refinance into a conventional loan later. And another thing to kind of look at, a lot of people get scared or steered away from the whole mortgage insurance and, and it not falling off on an FHA loan. But if you kind of look at what some of the statistics say in terms of the average time you're in a house is anywhere from five to 10 years. So if you're that conventional borrower, your MI isn't going to fall off anyway because it tends to take about 11 years for the MI to fall off. So don't let that be the sole reason to deter you from doing an FHA loan because there are options. You can look at refinancing. You may move and sure. be into a conventional loan. All right. Well, let's get into some a little bit more specific uh, situations here. Uh, if someone's looking at buying an investment property or a multi-unit property, uh, will this affect kind of which loan programs they can use between conventional and FHA? Yes, it will. Uh, FHA loans typically may not be used for second homes or investment property 
unless it's a special circumstance, which has to be approved by HUD and your home ownership center. Um, so if you're looking to buy a second home or investment property, a conventional loan would be the option for you. FHA allows someone to buy a single family residence all the way up to a fourplex as long as the property is owner occupied, meaning the borrower will have to live in one of those units that they're going to be purchasing. Conventional allows for multi-unit properties, either owner or non-owner occupied. All right, and uh, I just want to say before I ask this last question, uh, thank you for joining us, Carrie, and explaining all of this. I know some of this information can be difficult uh, to, to voice and get it all out there. I know it's, you know, it's kind of the nitty gritty, but that's why this is the real deal. This is, you know, trying to talk about those things that maybe some people don't fully understand. Right. So, uh, but, you know, I figured I'd get out that thank you quick before I ask this question and maybe you get angry at me and storm off. So <laughs> how about this final question? Do you truly believe that FHA is a valid option or at least something people should be open to when looking at getting a mortgage for a home? I would definitely say FHA is a valid option, 100%. My reasoning for wanting to talk about this is to help educate potential buyers and to let them know that they have other options other than a conventional loan. Um, as I said before, or if I didn't, I'm gonna say it now, I often think that FHA loans get a bad rap. Many people believe that they're only for low-income borrowers, which isn't the case at all. All income ranges can do FHA financing. Another thing people think is it has to be a first-time home buyer, which you do not have to be a first-time home buyer to utilize the program. And people are concerned that FHA mortgages are hard, a ton of extra paperwork, more time-consuming, and really that's not the case at all. FHA has a few more documents you have to sign. That's it. And they can be done in as little time as a conventional loan. And really if we can get more people into a home with a program that has great interest rates, low down payment, why not look at that option? Yeah, I think that's a great answer and, and so true. Our goal is educating and getting that information out there to all of the listeners and also all the borrowers that we work with. So being able to have those options, giving individuals uh, more flexible you know, programs that they can work with and you know, just creating something that you know, I think a lot of people stick with renting just because they hear these things. Right. So this gives them an option other than renting where, you know, if, if it makes sense, you know, some people, maybe it still won't make sense. Right. Maybe it'll make sense to keep renting. But those people that have heard they have to have perfect credit, they have to have 20% down, we can now give them an option too. If, if buying a home is their best option, you know, maybe we can't do it that conventional way, but now we can do it with FHA. Right. Absolutely. And I think that's the important thing that they reach out, we look at the, the program, the scenario for them, and we kind of show them, you know, what they can qualify for, what's in their best interests. Perfect. Well, thanks again for joining us, Carrie. I think we got a lot of good information. Like I, like I said, to start this, I'm sure we're going to miss something. Somebody's going to have a question that we weren't able to answer, but uh, just encourage you guys to reach out. Uh, to me, uh, either through Facebook or through this podcast, email, whatever it might be, to 
uh, get those questions answered. But if somebody wanted to reach out to you, Carrie, how could they get a hold of you? My email address or my cell phone. And my email address is carrie.gersh at nafinc.com, which is K-A-R-I dot G-I-R-S-C-H at N-A-F-I-N-C dot com. And my cell phone number is 563-370-8782. Perfect. Thanks again. And uh, everybody, have a good rest of your day. Thanks for joining us. And we'll talk to you next time. Thank you. Thank you everyone for joining me and Carrie today. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Um, it seems like every time I talk with Carrie, I learn something new. If you did, please drop us a review in Apple Podcast or wherever you consume your podcasting media. Uh, we would greatly appreciate it and it would help us grow and get the information out there to others that might need it. These podcasts are going to be released every other week, so bi-weekly, and I'm going to try to keep it on a consistent schedule, getting more and more information out to all of you. So uh, the next one we are going to have is going to be fixed versus adjustable rate mortgages. I think this topic is very important and there's a lot of misconceptions again. So hopefully that's another one that you'll get a lot out of and always reach out to me uh, with any questions that you might have so that I can add the content that you want to hear to this podcast and answer any questions. You know, if we could have a Q&A uh, episode or something even between episodes, I'd be more than happy to do that if we get enough people participating. So. Uh, have a good next couple weeks, and I'll talk with you next time on The Real Deal.